morning, everybody. And Merry Christmas to everybody here today and also those of you watching us online. We want to thank you for being with us today. How many of you believe that Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year? Amen. I know some people, they may not always agree with that. I know that uh, Christmas can sometimes be a lonely time of year for some folks. And it can also be a time of memories that are not so good. However, today, I believe that if we will allow ourselves, God will show us that Christmas is a wonderful time because we get to celebrate Him coming into this earth. And I've titled this sermon today, and it won't be real long, but I've titled this, The Greatest Christmas Gift. Um, this is a time of year where gifts become a center point, kind of like the centerpiece to the season. I know we have this, uh, at our table, we have this long table runner, and uh, it's a Christmas table runner, but right at the very middle of it is a centerpiece that has a big red candle and uh, like holly and berries, and that's the first thing as I walk by it that my eye sees. It's not so much the, you know, other things or even the table and chairs, it's the centerpiece. And so today I want us to look at the centerpiece of Christmas because I know, you know, every one of us as little kids, when we were raised, and all of you that may still be children today, gifts are an important part of this season. But they've become the centerpiece of the season, and even stores today, they advertise their wares, and uh, they, the merchandise is placed over the television and over newspapers and magazines with the hope that they will be able to entice shoppers to purchase their products as gifts. And those gifts will bring some pleasure to both the person who receives it and the person who gives it. And I want to take that thought, and I want to think about the very first Christmas gift. But before I do that, I have a question for you. How many of you remember what you got for Christmas last year? Okay. How many remember what you got for Christmas two years ago? Uh, There's one hand. How many of you remember what you received for Christmas five years ago? Ten? You see, it's possible to remember last year's gift and maybe two years ago, but it gets harder to accurately detail what you received five or ten years ago for Christmas. However, in my mind, I... Throughout this month, I've thought of Christmas's past, especially as I preached last week's message, Christmas, past, present, and future. And I remember a Christmas, and I have come to uh, determine it was most likely the year of 1970. And I received a Sizzler's racetrack. I'll never forget that Christmas. It was a big O-style track. And for those of you that may not know what Sizzler's were, they were a little... Uh, car that you could plug into. It looked like a little gas pump, and you you connected this little little uh, end into the car, and it's just like you're filling it up with gas, but you were pumping it full of battery electricity. 
and it would store that, and then you would place it on the track, and it had this little lever underneath that would be pulled when you pushed this little button on the side, and it would pull that lever, and then that car would take off until it ran out of gas. And you have to take it back to the pump, kind of like your car, right? And I will never forget that. In fact, they still have them if you can find them on uh, eBay, but they're probably a, a premium price of $400 and $500. I know they didn't cost that then. Then I think of also in 1973, my brother and I, my older brother and I, we got a, night, we got a, a 13-inch old black and white television. I'm pretty sure it was a Zenith. And uh, they, how many of you know you didn't have remote controls back in those days? If you did, you were, you were rich, right? But you had to get up. You had to go get up. Can you believe that? You had to get off the couch and go turn the channel. And it was in black and white. And remember VHF and UHF and antennas. And boy, you were, uh, it was awesome. The UHF, you could get in like crazy. Then I remember in 1974 as a little boy, I received this little shooting gallery. And it was a little, it was a little plastic front with a magnetic little pistol that would grab a hold of a little ball bearing, and you would shoot at it like uh, little bells and wheels and you know all that sort of stuff. And after you had it about a year or two, the whole front face was all uh, scratched up. Uh, I looked for those online. You can still find them on eBay, but they all look really bad. And then the last one I remembered was, uh, I'm determining this must have been 1975. It was the first year that actually Atari came out with it for the home. But Atari's first game was the game called Pong. And it was like table tennis. And you had these little dot lines and, and this little bing, bong, bing. And you had to hit that and bring it back over the net. And they made it for home. And we received one of those. We had that first Atari Pong game. And I think of all those things, but you know what those gifts are today? I don't have them. They're gone. But there is a gift. And I'm calling it the gift of gifts. In fact, I'm titling it the greatest gift. And that is when you receive it, when you open it, when you use it every day of your life, You'll never, ever forget this gift. And you won't have to wonder, where is it? Because it'll be in you. The gift I'm talking about is the gift that started Christmas. Let's all turn to Luke chapter 2. It'll also be up here behind me. Verses 1 through 11, it's the Christmas story. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governor or governing Syria, so all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. 
Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. That night, God gave us His only Son, Jesus. Parents, I want you to think about this. Those of you that may have more than one child, I want you to imagine just having one and then giving up that one for everyone else in the world. Now, mind you, some of the people will receive him and love him, but others will hate him, spit at him, mock him, beat him up, and ultimately crucify or kill him. Jesus came, and when he came, he came to this earth to love us. Would you say he came to love me? And not only that, he showed us how to love like that. He told us there is no greater love that you can ever have than to lay down your life for someone else. My mind goes to our military men and women today who are doing that very thing. As I drove into the church this morning, I saw the face of an American who was captured by Hamas in Israel back in October. He will not be at home with his family. That family needs the hope of Christ this Christmas. The little baby in a manger did exactly what he said about the greatest way to love. He grew up. He became a man. He faced every temptation known to you and me, every single one. Yet he never did wrong. He never failed. He never sinned. How many people do you know who have never done wrong? The Bible tells us we have all, in fact, fallen short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, not one. But this gift that God gave us is the person of Jesus Christ, and he never fails. Some of you may have been praying for something and you still don't have it. I want you to know this. He still never fails. If you receive an answer that is not the way you wanted it, he still never fails. He knows more than you know. He sees more than we see. Have you ever received a gift, kind of lighten things up a bit, that needed batteries? You ever received one of those gifts and it needed batteries, but it didn't come with the gift? And you got it on Christmas Day, and it kind of makes you go, oh, man, I can't use this right now. I can't, I can't play with this, or I'm going to have to wait until I get back. You go to the cupboard, and all of a sudden, there's no batteries. No stores are open to go get batteries. 
And you're just going to have to wait. Why? Because you can't get power to it. You've got to have power to it in order to use it. Say this, I've got to have power to it in order to use it. You see, that never happens with the greatest Christmas gift because it comes already built in power. You don't have to empower it. It empowers you, and it always has it. You see, Jesus comes complete with batteries, batteries included. Power of the Holy Spirit is there. Can I tell you what this gift can do? Can I tell you how super supernatural this gift is? This gift of Christ, the very greatest gift of Christmas, has the power that you need to fix your marriage. It has the power you need to make you happy. It has the power you need to release you from life's bondages, the things you can't get rid of on your own, the things that have you bound every day. This gift of Christ has the power to forgive your failures and your sins. And it has the power to even let and allow you to forgive yourself. How many know sometimes the hardest person to forgive is yourself? In fact, the gift of Christ will set you free from whatever binds you. It has the power to even raise the dead. This gift is so much better in quality than any other gift you're ever going to receive. How many of you ever received a gift and it broke within the day before you even went to sleep? Yeah. Little kids had their hands raised up. This gift will never wear out. This gift will never break. And hear this, it will never, ever, ever go out of style. Ladies, I'm telling you, you'll buy something, a blouse, a pair of slacks, whatever, and you know what? In five years, are you still wearing them? No, because you needed to get the newer thing, right? Now, some of you are. I know the older you get, the longer you keep it, right? Am I right with that? It's like, hey, I'm going to wear this. Bless God, I wore it in 1975. I'm going to wear it today. I don't care. I just don't care. If they don't like it, they don't have to look. Amen? Do I have you in the house? Amen? Yeah. I want you to know this. Say this out loud. God's gift is the same yesterday today and forever. Last week I preached on Christmas past, present, future. He's the same yesterday, today, past, present, and tomorrow, future. You see, the greatest Christmas gift has been sent to you by the richest, most powerful being ever to live. It was given by God himself. But there is one similarity of the greatest Christmas gift and other Christmas gifts. And here's the similarity. Are you ready for it? Tomorrow morning or tonight, whenever you receive gifts, every single one of you are going to have to do something. You're going to have to receive it. You're going to have to open it. And then you have to use it. Every gift that's given has to be received and opened, and then it has to be used to benefit the one who receives it. The gift, the greatest gift, mind you, ever given is Jesus.
but he has to be received. I want to say something. You can know all about him and not make heaven. You can know all about him and go to your grave unsaved. That gift, I'm going to say it again, is Jesus Christ. He loves you so much. He came into this earth through a virgin's womb in order to save you from the things you can't get out of on your own and to completely wipe away every wrong. Say this, completely wipe away. It's what his blood does. It completely wipes away. The Bible says it casts into a sea of forgetfulness. It says it's as far as the east is from the west. I got something for you to do. If you're going east, see how long it takes for you to go west. You're going to have to go backwards in order to go west. It's as far as the east is from the west. So if you're traveling east to go west, you're never going to get there because you're going to have to turn around and go backwards. And God says, that's not the way I want you to live. I want you to turn, repent. That means you're going to turn around. You're going to go the other way and never go back again. And that's where your sins are going to be. They're in the past. And as long as you don't go there. See, I think sometimes we as Christians have a problem in that we go back. And we remember what we were. And we act like what we were. God doesn't want us there. I want to close by reading you a rendition very similar to Twas the Night Before Christmas. It's in a little, a little track made by the Track League. And uh, it's called Twas the Night Jesus Came. Twas the night Jesus came, and all through the house, not a person was praying, not one in the house. The Bibles were left on the shelf without care, for no one thought that Jesus would come there. The children were dressing to crawl into bed, not once ever kneeling or bowing ahead. And mom in a rocker with baby in her lap was watching the late show while I took a nap. When out of the east there rose such a clatter, I sprang to my feet to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutter and lifted the sash. When what to my wondering eyes should appear, but angels proclaiming that Jesus was here. The light of his face made me cover my head. It was Jesus returning just as he said. And though I possessed worldly wisdom and wealth, I cried when I saw him in spite of myself. In the book of life, which he held in his hand, was written the name of every saved man. He spoke not a word as he searched for my name. When he said, it's not here, my head hung in shame. The people whose names had been written with love, he gathered to take to his father above. With those who were ready, he rose without a sound, while all the rest were left standing around. I fell to my knees, but it was too late. I had waited too long and thus sealed my fate. I stood and I cried as they rose out of sight. Oh, if only I'd known that this was the night. In the words of this poem, the meaning is clear. The coming of Jesus is now drawing near. There's only one life, and when comes the last call, we'll find that the Bible was true after all. And the Bible says, if you confess with your, if you believe in your heart 
that Jesus died and rose again. And if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Do you know how easy it is to get saved? Just like the thief on the cross, all he said to Jesus was, when you come into your kingdom, remember me. And Jesus said, I say to you, this night you'll be with me in paradise. And Jesus died first. And later he followed. And the first person there was a redeemed thief. It's by the name of Jesus, the greatest gift, that we're saved. Bow with me. I wonder in this room today if everyone knows him. I wonder if those listening and watching online know him. If you don't, you just simply have to say, Lord, I repent of my sin. I believe in you. Save me in Jesus' name. It's as simple as that. And if you mean it with all your heart and you dedicate your life to following him from this day forward, he'll walk with you every day. You don't have to know all about it yet. You don't have to know all the ins and outs. You don't have to have every question answered. But just believe So this Christmas, I want to leave you with the greatest Christmas gift ever. And now it's in your lap. Will you receive it? Will you open it? And will you use it? May the Lord bless and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift his countenance on you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Merry Christmas. Have a great Christmas with your family. We'll see you next Sunday. God bless. Have a great week. Oh, time out. Hold on. Dave said time out. Who would have known that in Oklahoma, working on a farm, a couple years, a few Quite a bit ago, there was this guy, David Drew, and God said, I want you. And David said, yes. And since then, he 